Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can we talk about Hollywood shit for one second? Yeah. <laughs> We're I'm, in LA. I'm like the weird bearded white dude in every audition, just like a million other bearded weird white dudes. And I always wonder, like, if I shaved, like, if I shaved my beard, like, what would happen to my career? Like, I don't like the idea of my beard being my identity, being my career. It's fucking, it fucks with me sometimes. But it's so, like, men have a lot less options for what they can radically flip around and change. You know, if you're a straight guy, you know, usually you're not wearing makeup where you're like, oh, I'm going to go into this audition with a smoky eye, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Because as females, we can change no our hair color. Us, no one ever yeah. asks us if we're willing to shave. In, in auditions. No. That and I'm, I'm offended by that. If they did, I'd be. <laughs> if they did, I'd be offended. Would you be willing to shave? And you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, horrible. Welcome to Sidework Podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And sitting in with us today is our good friend, Mike Glazer. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> what up? Mike's like that kind of friend that lives in the same city and I adore and I wish I saw more, but we just never, ever, ever see each other. I don't. This is like a fresh air blew my mind today. It's so hard to leave the apartment. I don't. It's so beautiful all the time, but I just like never leave so when you said would you like to do this i jumped at it because i was like oh my god i get to go outside like permission to leave invitation (laughs) yeah welcome to side work yeah we we found out i didn't know that you had extensive bartending and serving experience uh because a bunch of mistakes oh great yeah because today we're focusing on the blooming uh, weed (laughs) food service and beverage industry which you're also really knowledgeable knowledgeable about so we're super excited about that but we want to do service industry for a little bit, then we'll get into some bud tending, all that shit. Yeah. Hell yes. So here's a great story. In Alabama, okay, there was a lone Waffle House employee who, like, everyone left. People, like, left the restaurant. I don't know if they just walked out, quit, just never showed up. He was waiting tables, cooking, cashing people out, bussing. Total insanity. And so it was like a late night, midnight situation where, you know, people are like, we want to go get our waffle on, have some, have, have a midnight stack. Drunk people. Drunk people. Or, but also people from Alabama, you know, uh, just a whole mix, mismatch, whatever. They love their waffle house, you yes, know? Yes, they do. I do. And so in a heartwarming um, turn for us, which we never talk about happy things, all these people who came in to sit down uh, and realized that this was like not going to happen for them, that their food was no way in hell was it coming for them unless they got up and helped him get caught up. And all these customers 
like someone just put on an apron, didn't even take a beat, started busting tables and washing up some dishes. Someone else figured out how to put on a fresh pot of coffee without ever even, it was like, a, this was a drunk girl, like in a sequin dress and heels, was like, I got it. Like went behind, figured out how to do the bun, you know, the bun machine where you do like your typical diner. You know, the huge steel yeah, machines. Of yeah, course. So she just like looked at it, which sorry, it's not rocket science, but like tore open a packet, filled the filter, put the thing under, flipped the switch, got some fresh coffee going for this employee named Ben. And uh, basically, I think even someone hopped on the fucking grill. Whoa. Yes. And they saved the evening. And then Waffle House had the audacity, even though this is a moment of humanity, Waffle House issued a statement like, we prefer people who are employed by Waffle House to be behind the blah, blah, blah. But it's like, come on, people got their waffles. They ended up being real good. Team effort. Yeah, and also... Fuck your lawyers who were playing it safe right. and like not celebrating something like that. That's kind of a dream night in a way. Like that's like a weird fantasy. Yeah. You know, like when you're a kid when you would like play a restaurant to come in and be and I still have that when I go out to eat one because I don't wait tables anymore, a bartend where I'm just like, just give me a taste. Just give me a taste of that life again. <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, I'm always sitting around waiting for an opportunity to like stack plates on an arm and just show off like these oh, skills. Yeah. You know? I yeah. can do it too, guys. Yeah. I'm Am I in? Am every, I cool? Every time I serve people, even in my own house, I do like, you know, it, like I wait tables in my own house and I will put like two on a left arm and come out with a third and serve diners. I'm sorry, friends <laughs> who are sitting like in my dining room eating. But I like I'm like, whatever. We've been, if, I've been her best diner for t- almost 20 years. That's right. Brooks Diner. Um <laughs> So, dude, that's one of those, like, rare, awesome moments when customers can truly step up and be amazing. That's beautiful. They right? all, like, walked out of that Waffle House that night floating on air. New friends, like, such a unique memory to all have together, even if you never see each other again. Like, right? that's what happened. Just, like, having camaraderie just having camaraderie and community, like, in any sense, a group of people working together to all help each other out should be practiced more in different scenarios all over the world. Aww. All right, guys. Next headline in the news taking it down a notch uh this story out of burlington massachusetts the general manager at buffalo wild wings uh is dead after being exposed to lethal mix of cleaning agents we have found out essentially he was in the kitchen uh there were two chemicals that got mixed together on accident right like a bunch of bubbly gas started to happen and then he was exposed I think the gas and chemicals hit him right away. It it looks like through the article he wasn't even in the like exposed to it for that long. Nope, it just took him fucking down. Blinded is... his eyes, burned his lungs, and unfortunately he did not make it. Oh God, <laughs> what right? a sad, sad article. But, no, I know, but the reason I you know wanted to share it is like this is this is really fucked up because. We've had guests on who, with no proper training, have been told to, like, just go in that, you know, workman's closet and clean some shit up. Yeah. Full well knowing that some of these mixed together cause ridiculous chemical explosions, you know, where our friend David Crab, like, his lungs were fucked up for days on end. He He was knocked unconscious when he mixed some stuff into a bucket. I mean, he was dragged out into a parking lot, the police, ambulance, fire, like everyone showed up because it causes a chemical explosion. And like this idea that this person's a manager, even like something seems off that someone would endanger him, like having 
a prior chemical already on the floor, him not being notified, and then him having to go clean it up, put something else on top of it, which then caused yeah, a I mean, really it, corrosive. And it looks like this had just like, it, it was it was essentially a super eight that was being used to clean the floor. And what he didn't know is that like a chemical called scale clean had actually tipped over <gasps> and spilled. And those are the two chemicals what that were fuck? mixed together. And then Why? it said it began to get, it would turn green and began to bubble. And then he said he stepped outside because it began to burn his eyes. But the GM, like, you know, that's what he should have done is stepped outside when it started to burn. But he grabbed a squeegee and tried to clean it up. Sure. Because, like, that's what you do in restaurants. He's, he's you, a good you person. You have to clean up messes, right, like, quickly. Um, yeah. And then he lost his life, unfortunately. It's like we have to advocate for more safety in these situations. I, I mean, mean, there's safety handbooks and there's protocol. But, like, honestly, as a server for years, I never, I was like, what do you mean I'm not supposed to mix this with this? I was taught at one corporate bagel chain how to dispense cleaning products because we had to wash, you know, all of our own, like, you know, the shift included like breaking down all the containers and doing, you were on dish duty for half of your shift too and whatever. And so there was like really extreme training on the chemicals not to mix because they were corporation. Sounds like a freak accident, but why, why do we work in environments where two things that potentially could cross paths cause explosion and death? How, can we come up with something else? Yeah, in a food area or otherwise. What the fuck? Because, right, when you think about, like, something this noxious and toxic, even being near food, just period, you know, it is really gross. And that if you mix two of them accidentally, that you will lose lives and or hurt customers and your employees. It's wild to me. I agree. And not to mention that, like... Fucking I, vinegar I, goes I, long I, way. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, is... Do we really have to have these industrial strength cleaners to get the job done or is it just something that like was picked up speed because of big business and now big it's business, just everything food just and drug ad, in food that and realm. drug administration where it's like you know they're in the pocket of probably these corporations that crank out you know ridiculous chemicals that are like no 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 you know if we want to pass everything with a with an A food grade or whatever we have to basically like bleach the fingerprints off of every employee yeah. with these like super nuclear power I mean to me it's like people it, like, I get it, but, like, dishwashing soap and hot water should be good enough to keep, like, uh, silverware and dishes clean. Great. That, to me, is what I want to see more than anything. If a floor is just cleaned a traditional way, I'm not going to freak out, you know? I don't know, man. I want to look into this more. But this is, like, I, I think we need more advocacy for um, servers and bartenders and people in these counter service jobs. Well, not to mention people, like, who clean kitchens, clean hotel rooms, uh, clean, like, Absolutely. buildings that are industrial and corporate for a living. And they are exposed to, to these chemicals day after day after day after They're day. not coming into your hotel room wearing, like, gas masks. They're not being protected. They have to inhale all this shit. And it's, ugh. Yeah. And there's cum everywhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's like, I get, I get that there has to be like, ugh, just at least, you know what? It, it just seems like we need to wipe everything um, down with antibacterial and probiotics. You know, we I'm just get, you just throw like, um, like, like you get like liquid antibiotics and just throw it into a room or in a spray bottle and you yeah. clear up that chlamydia that's all over the pillow. There we go. <laughs> the remote control. <laughs> Uh, vinegar can kill STDs, right? Um, I don't know. Like, let's look into oh, it. All right. Well, it's time for some server-submitted stories. Ooh. 
okay, this is at Strollbert. She says, hey, y'all, here's a quick one for you. Not sure if the dirty on the side woman made her way to Connecticut or if this is becoming a new thing. But this weekend I had a guest order a Tito's dirty martini with no olives and olive juice on the side, which I don't think she used any of. Couldn't help but laugh to myself as I was ringing it in and watching my bartender's reaction to the request. Love the show, guys, and thanks for all the laughs. I don't understand what's wrong with all these women. Mike, there there is is a sickness uh, traveling around bars Uh with older women who order dirty martinis we don't know if this woman's older. We don't know her She's age. A woman. Women, let's just say women, getting it and then going, "Gross! This tastes like olives." Um, and then bartenders being like, "Do you know what you ordered?" Yeah. You know, and they're like, "Well, I just like that movie James Bond, which is not what you expect a middle-aged woman." <laughs> Anyways, so now, then a week later, someone's like, "I think, I think Dirty Martini Lady showed up at our restaurant now too," but then asked. For just vodka and all the stuff on the side. And now here's another listener who just wrote in in a different part of the state. Like, this woman's terrorizing America. This is <laughs> fuck. She has to be stopped. Okay, next story from at Kitty Patrol. Chicago bar story. Hello, fun. My ex worked at the Abbey Pub for the cleanup crew. <laughs> Okay, oh, this is gross already. He would go in at like 4 or 5 a.m. and would have to clean up the venue space. He said it was super gross and found lots of drugs on the floor. Some came home, of course. <laughs> cool. But the grossest thing was the kitchen. He said the cook would sometimes use the mop bucket to drain the cabbage that was used for the Irish egg rolls. Fucking <laughs> gross. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, <laughs> like, can you picture that, that the yellow, filthy mop bucket that has like the squeegee thing to, to squeeze out the never clean mop water? Right. Because clearly uh, the kitchen couldn't afford a colander or he didn't feel like going to look for it. He would <laughs> let the cabbage drain in the fucking kitchen mop bucket. I mean, that's like against Fuck. every rule. And then ever. he would roll them up into a delicious egg roll which we've already made fun of irish egg rolls yeah, i'd probably still eat one i know you um, would you what said is that irish before. egg roll i think it's probably just like a like a reuben egg roll like yes it's, it's just like that. i don't know i've never heard it called a reuben egg roll just like or irish egg roll just like a reuben egg roll well you know damn well that personally they serve, serve those at jameson's um gross so kitty patrol also says she's got a fun barista story uh when we do our barista episode so please yeah kitty patrol send that in and she loves the pod Thanks, girl. These are wild. <laughs> oh, this this is pr- I have to say so far pretty tame, but I love like the back to back. Um, just like what the fuck is going on? Holy out there? shit! They should do that olive juice through that mop bucket and then yeah. serve it too. Yeah, now there's some dirty on the side. <laughs> that is. Can I get a dirty martini? Like, if you don't even know what it is, then I am inclined to just give you mop water. I'm all in about your vodka. Totally. <laughs> if you, you didn't know it was olives. Then you wouldn't you wouldn't know it was wrong that I gave you like I think mop water is a really good name for a cocktail generally just on any menu that sounds mop really good water. mop water all right you guys well thanks again for those server submitted stories just remember you can go ahead and drop those right into our DMs on Instagram if you have an amazing tale you would like for us to read on air what's the Instagram handle it, uh, at Sidework Podcast okay <laughs> all right well getting into it Mike let's get into you and your history 
of the service industry. Please. Where'd you start? Where do we start? It was my first job ever was serving at a very busy Mexican restaurant in St. Louis, Missouri. I, Is that where you're from? Yeah, I grew okay. up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and it was, you know, the hot spot to eat. And I had never... I'm I'm just dumb. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I'm pretty dumb, and I was like, "Yeah, I I can do it." And they were like, "Well, um, you look like you want to work hard, and you can figure it out, hopefully." And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." And it, I they gave me one table, and I panicked, and <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst experience of my life. My very first table ever ended up being like a of note radio DJ. And so because I'm, I don't even remember how I was in high school, um, but I just remember like, I was like, well, like serving is great, but if I get to meet a radio DJ, like I want to work for him. And so my very first table was this of note dude. And I go, Hey, what's up? I'm Mike, blah, 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 blah. And I take their orders. And then I go to him and I was like, Hey, can I ask you something? He's like, I wouldn't, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, I was like, how do I work for you instead? And he was like, Oh, man. Uh, I don't... It was just, you know, he played it off very kindly because I, I, I remember I was like, you got to shoot your shots, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just the worst First, choice. You net, you broke... Just a cocky young buck from the suburbs of St. Louis. <laughs> this is amazing that you... Ha- Oh my God, this is like your first table and you're already like, don't even want to do this job. Want your job. You didn't even like wait a table. No. You did not even wait one table yet without- Ready to move up to the next tier. <laughs> you tried to get a promotion before you even did the thing you were hired to do. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, ballsy, and I like it. Makes for a good story in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, can I talk about that job a little more? Oh, I didn't yeah. yeah. I did not Oh, last. no, I just had to pause you okay. right there. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I hadn't brought their food yet. You're so right. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, here's my resume. Your food's on the way. I remember that place, too. It was... Um, they would have all of these plates stacked up above where you get the chips, like the tortilla chips. But the tortilla chip thing, they would always be fresh. It was always all about fresh tortilla chips. So those plates all got hot. So, oh, fuck you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I I think at this point I had like two tables, so I was panicked and I didn't <laughs> know what to do. And so they needed their chips and I was like, oh, there's no time. And I just grabbed the hot plate and like, shoved my hand into the uh, tortilla thing and just started scooping them onto the plate, burning one hand with the chips, or one hand with the plate, using the other hand that nobody should be using to scoop (laughs) chips in. And then I run it out there, and then my palm has, like, burns all over it. But I'm like, that's what you got to do, man. Like I'm in the weeds. (laughs) This is real life. I I just got here. And, like, like, it's not like you were, like, scooping. Like, just so we can exactly, like, you were, like, gathering, you know? You were gathering (laughs) chips with another arm and just, like, yeah, using, oh my God, Mike. And they were like, is... yo, use the scoop. And I was like, there's no time. And I was just like, <laughs> didn't even have time to hit it. Use a towel to protect my one hand from burning. There's it. no time. Just go, go. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Did you make it to three tables? No. <laughs> Hell no. Because after that, too, they were like, because, you know, you get like shift meal. But at this place, 
instead of family meal, you get like, um, you ask the cooks at the end of the night to make you something. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, yeah, so um, do you want anything? And I was like, yeah, totally. And I ordered like (laughs) (laughs) just the biggest burrito, extra sides. You know, I was like, fucking earned it. You know, really nailed it. Starting a DJ job tomorrow. My hand is burned. I'm going to eat your most expensive thing. <laughs> I, I like pretty sure I nailed it. Uh, I like that they're like, uh, what can we make you? And you're like, make me CEO. <laughs> After that, I took an interview at Macaroni Grill downtown because I oh, thought that yeah. would be like really good money because it's downtown and sports are down there. And I was like, yo, tips will be awesome. And at that time, I had like a dirt lip mustache. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because I thought it was funny and uh, like I didn't John have, Waters? Like, yeah, a little, a little like that, a little well, more like full. Well, that's like a yeah. pencil thing where I feel like a dirt lip is like really prepubic. Like you just oh, look yeah, like a yeah, dirt yeah, bag. Yeah, totally. Versus, yeah, like if you look like at a the peach. the seven hairs that are growing, you're just leaving there. Right. I understand. I'm, like, I'm a man now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I smell bad and my face is hairy like look at me (laughs) this is great what can i get a drink but what they told me during the interview was however oh and i had my ears pierced too um i was a fucking (laughs) uh but what the guy told me he he was like if however we we want to hire you we we need people that I'm sure their turnover was insane. And what they told me, though, was however we hire you, you have to keep that look for the entirety of your time working with us. What? Have you ever heard that before? No, that's not a thing. It's not like you're a series regular. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that... And I was like, I just... Like, I, like I'm sure in the interview like, I was but like, I'm oh. going to continue to become a man. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to you today still having that job and you <laughs> have to keep like the same eight hairs on your upper lip. <laughs> I think you were being fucked with. I've Maybe. never heard that in my life. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I'm sure in the interview I was like, yep, totally great. Need it. And then I just again was called them from the car and was like, it's not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to, I want to, um, this is a genuine question. Macaroni grill. Yeah. Are they known for macaroni? It is. It's Italian. It's so Italian. They kind of okay. came out around the same time that Buka, the hey. Beppo came out. They're kind of like a little bit of, okay. I don't know about rival, but rival. like when we're talking about options, macaroni grill might've been like a little bit more on the fresh side. Like the, like, California cuisine meets Italian. Don't quote me on that, but that's kind of what. <laughs> yeah. In my memory, that's what it is. The macaroni Grill was also one of the places I remember going to as a kid that had like an open kitchen. Oh, yeah. Or like, I think maybe I was already waiting tables and I was like, how oh, does that kitchen survive without yelling, go fuck yourself to each other <laughs> all night long? <laughs> right. What what would be the system that would like take that place? Like, would there just be like little note cards they shove down the line that are just like eat shit, you know? And they're just like, or they put it up where the tickets are. They're like, fuck you and your family, <laughs> and they're just like sliding. I don't know. With all the dupes, it's got to be. So you didn't like, actually work at Macaroni Grill. You just interviewed, got the job, and immediately quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so did you bartend? Yeah. Okay. That I was great at. Okay. 
love bartending. Were, were you older at this point? Yeah, this is about, by now. It's I'm in Chicago. Got okay. it. Okay, and I'm working at like a high volume place. Mm-hmm. Where'd you which, work? You want to say? Uh, I can, but it was well. It was at Second City Chicago. Oh, right on. Yeah, that was my first bartending job. Nice. And it was like you know 300 mm-hmm. seats in the main stage, 180 in ETC, and mm-hmm. you just handle it. And I love that. You handle it, but you know what? Aren't you just doing the drinks for the servers? Or were if you're people... In, if you're in the front where people are entering Second City, mm-hmm. then you would have the front bar, and that's where you get to be charming, funny, be yourself, and just like make a strong motherfucking drink for them and right. get a mad good tip and probably yeah. not even ring it in because who the fuck cares? Right. You know? Yeah. And that was the best because you could kind of set a tone for their evening mm-hmm. without having to like carry shit in the dark yes like i can't imagine no. serving at a theater how yes how hard that would no be. we we've talked about that to a little extent uh with drennan he was cocktailing and, and busing at Cobb's comedy club yeah in san francisco and but that whole nature of the job is you have to be like you start the you start the flow off like hey can i get everyone drinks and then for the rest of the service you have to shut up and get out of the way for the most part yeah um, it's a lot of like sneaking up and saying can i did you want anything else? And it's, it's a game because there's two shows a night, right? Yep. At Second City. So it's like, get everything at one time. So the rush comes. Everybody needs everything at the same time. So you probably work really well together to like get shit done. Totally. Mm-hmm. Then everything cools down. Then everybody gets their check right away. And yep. so it's like another madhouse. And then you turn it and do it again. Totally. It's great. The only shit part of that is, uh, again, because... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where is this? I know you're, you're you're like in the bar next door on your cell phone. I can't do this. I quit. I got so cocky because you know how you're like, I got it. Like I know how to make the mm. the cherry sundae and I know how to make the fireball island and whatever all that bullshit is. So I started getting super stoned okay. before work and yo. <laughs> what's a fireball island i don't know i was making up okay a name. i was like what's second city doing <laughs> I, know. Oh, yeah. I feel menu. like they'd be called like the gildas you know they probably have irish egg rolls at second city probably i, I feel confident they do oh. but you know y- you having this job though like y- were you taking classes there then you got the job bartending or was it the other way i took an intensive over the summer I like I drove from St. Louis to Chicago to take an intensive. It broke my brain. I sat in the corner most of the improv classes because I was like, what the fuck is this? I thought you just like show up and you'd be funny. I didn't know you had to work with others. And <laughs> it <laughs> fucking destroyed me. Oh my God. You have a I'm seeing I, a pattern yeah. in your life. Just in general. Mike, I think it's you. Uh, oh, it's yeah. definitely not the venues. It's not the uh yeah. You just got you just gotta take it all in. And let it filter I mean, he, through you before you can keep doing it. He did start off saying that he was excited to leave the house this week. Yeah, so, you know, true. there's... That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you get the job and you get rolling, especially at a job like Second City, and you're doing comedy and you love comedy, then you're just hanging out with, like, awesome people who you respect and look up to all the time. Yeah, but again, to go back to the radio DJ faux pas you're like how do i get where you are dude as soon as i hey, got Dan there Aykroyd, can i hang out with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it i wish the word was ambitious but it's not it's clueless it's clueless because you have yeah. to be fucking cool you have to be cool and like they're just be cool right yeah yeah it goes so much farther how how to long be chill. <laughs> 
How quickly did you learn that that was the game? Um, well, I immediately Facebook requested all, everyone on main stage and started DMing them and being like, so, you know, like, what's up? When are we getting coffee? I work here now. We're going to be best friends. Like, I didn't know people had lives outside of the theater. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Because you see them on stage and they're like gods. You're like, oh, right. my God, you, this, is, so this is all you do. And I bet for the rest of your day, you're not doing shit. So right. let's hang out. And it's like, no, I have like a career like this is i didn't understand the idea of a career sure you know how old were you yeah. uh 12 <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah um and that was like it, it's yeah i like i don't know if it was arrested development or what it is but like yeah so many life lessons in the service industry about how the world actually works. Well, we that's what we touch on all the time or the lessons definitely that you learn in the service industry that like make you a better human to go do things in the real world for the rest of your life. Yeah. And and I get it like being young, ambitious, being starstruck, yeah. you know, like not not being around it like cuz you well clearly you like hid in the corner during your intensive. So I don't know if you were actively doing improv at that point and getting it better it was my at... first time got and, it and right, then right. once i realized i had to i had to i had to fail real hard yeah then uh -huh. be like okay now that i know what this is now i want to do it great you know what i mean right it took it, it i i feel like maybe my whole life is you fuck it up real bad the first time and then that's the only way to, I, like, I love it that you're it just out. like get punched in the face <laughs> burn, burn it down but because you are a special kind of clueless you go back for more but then because you learned how bad can it be like you already got that out of the way yeah. so it's only on the up and up at that point but yeah i think the whole thing which is hard to learn is like it's because everyone's funny and everyone's cool they as a comedian they want you all to like them and to learn that hard lesson of well they're acting they're naturally funny they're on stage yes um they're coming to get drinks from me but that's also because i'm the bartender they don't like me actually nope. and to just it's that's a hard thing yeah to get over it is because i i bet everybody on here or listening who is in the service industry like the people who you're serving who want to make a meal out of a conversation with you every time you stop by drives me fucking nuts like <laughs> yes. when you come by and you put waters down and they're like oh my god thank you so much how's your day what's going on with you and it's like yo i just want to bring you waters right. and fucking dip like <laughs> we don't we're not friends <laughs> like don't we don't need to chat every right. time i'm here and when i was bartending and like the main stage cast would come back i oh i thought everyone wanted to take time with me yeah whoopsies yeah whoopsies <laughs> well you've got like 10 people at the bar being like hello mm -hmm. and i'm like anyway so i got this sketch i'd love to send it to you oh, and man. uh it's like oh yeah and you're like how but do I, I get your job <laughs> but i'm sure you like flipped and you learned to the point where you realized that you had power in your job as a bartender at second city as 100 well. percent. yeah yeah oh, oh yeah like once i got over the initial um i just had to make every mistake once to never mm -hmm. make it again and then once you realize your like role and how you can use it to your advantage that's when like life is good and that's cool but yeah it's yo mm. <laughs> you know what? Thanks for sharing that. That's not easy to talk about, like what dipshits we are at that age, you know? Because now, knowing what we know, we look back and it's so deeply shameful. It is where you're like, "Holy fuck!" But you're young. You're hungry. Yeah, and the fact that it it took me, I, I have like 
and I have an uncomfortable amount of confidence in myself, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know how to use it. And so sure, okay. when they when when a place like Second City hires you, you're like, oh, it's because I'm the best. They saw something I in must, me. Yeah, right? yeah, and instead it's like, no, no, no. Like you were referred by somebody else. They were like. I, I wore a tie to my interview. <laughs> like, Aww, do you know what I'm saying? That's so cute. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, and they were like, they were like, we'll give it a shot. Uh, we'll see. We don't need you, but we need someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it's you. <laughs> so, yeah. But you did it. You conquered it. Well, but then, I'm sorry. I know we can get into weed, but then oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. when I moved here, uh, because Second City ended up treating me really, really, really well. It changed my life yeah. in the most positive ways I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, you've gone, that's how I know you is like, I mean, you went from like hiding in the corner of a class to bartending to like directing and like going, did you go on Torco? Did you? Uh, no, I ended up ADing the hundredth main stage review and then moved here. Wow. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like full, fully changed my life for the better. And so when I moved here after a long, boring stint as a story producer in reality TV, I quit that to work the door at the Hollywood Improv Mm, because mm. I was like, yo, it worked at Second City and changed my life. Maybe I can do it again, but not make all the fucking mistakes I made at Second City and just be cool and nice. And so I started working the door at the Improv and that led to being a food runner at the Improv Mm -hmm. and that led to like, and it it works. Like Mm -hmm. if you... The service industry is like a beautiful way to like not only have a career and make really good friends, but I also am really happy with the person I've become because of it. And that's really cool. We're so glad that you're here and telling these stories, but we also have you for... <laughs> Another reason as our like expert in the room, um, because we are gonna tackle the subject of weed and how it's like lurking its way into the restaurant industry. One hundred. Um yeah. there's all these so for those of you out there that don't happen to live in a state where medical is legal or recreational is legal, it's it's gonna happen. It's happening. Um Trump might soon. even do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> as a panic move where he's like, oh, I gotta go down in history for something positive. Something, right? So and like we brought you in you know, we said you're our expert in the room, but will you tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast that you have? Sure. It's called Weed and Grub, and it's with my good friend, Mary Jane Gibson. Shout out to her. Today, she's in Forbes. Like, oh, wow. wow. I, this is like cool timing to be able to celebrate her. Hell yeah. She, um, she wrote for High Times as a culture mm-hmm. editor for like a decade. Now she's writing for Rolling Stone. Wow. And uh, we do a podcast. The podcast is called Weed and Grub because we just talk about like comedy, cannabis, cooking, culture, and we call a bunch of weed shit out because we're trying to build the machine in a good way Mm -hmm. as it goes federally legal. Yeah. And it's really important that we do our part to like not let the bullshit happen. Completely. I mean, just the idea of like big like weed is really frightening to me. You know, probably like tobacco companies like getting their hands on like strains and then selling them like they do cigarettes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And or like the vape epidemic that's happening yeah. right now with vitamin E. Like, yeah, yo, like it's our job. Nobody's policing mm-hmm. the chemicals that mm-hmm. you could mix together. Like everyone's just trying to do what they do. So it's I've, I don't know. I think it's our my job. It feels like to police it and make sure it happens the way I want it to. The, again, we're like 10 states deep that have recreational legal now. More states all the time are passing uh, 
medicinal. Like I believe Utah passed medicinal. Great. Missouri passed medicinal, and yeah. Vermont just passed. Um, you can be in possession of great. it. Vermont's legal cool, baby. Now, which is very it's cool. It's a great state. So with that, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, you know, for a long, obviously we've got dispensaries all over. There's a new fucking strain, new flavors. You're like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Basically, you know, edibles are a huge thing. And now we're seeing a lot of things in the restaurant industry, specifically like starting with like CBD, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the non-psychedelic version yeah of weed yeah it's like xanax it's a part of the plant just like thc is but yeah it's like non-psychoactive and this is what we're also using uh as therapy for like kids who have seizures it is super anti-inflammatory i mean athletes who play football should be on it i personally use it to like help regulate my brain and my joint function and help me calm down and it's your old pets who are like don't have an appetite or who are in hip pain you know 100 percent. and it makes Uh, gives them quality of life Mm -hmm. mary jane has an old fucking cat named bobo starting to get dementia and it's like yo let's get the Let's give them some CBD and see if it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's all great, and I, I'm glad it's out there for everybody. But like, do I want it in my cocktail? I don't know. I, I haven't tried one before. I mean, it's bullshit. Okay, because I'm just gonna say like, it's 100 percent bullshit. Okay. Like, I love like get your money, get fucking paid. Restaurant margins are thin. Put that upsell in there that you need to do to like make rent. Uh, but it's a fucking novelty and it's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. And I think like as someone who's bartending, it's like you have to have to explain to them exactly what the CBD is doing, why they're getting it, why they should get it when it should. And it's not going to fuck you up like booze. That is not what it is at all. Because right. they don't mix it with booze and CBD. Uh, oh, nope. A lot of places do not. It's like one or the other. Right. Yeah. No. Nah. You're not supposed to cross the streams. No, but also, <laughs> are you talking about Ghostbusters? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Open the CBD stream. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, don't cross them. Don't cross the booze and the weed ever, or it's Barf City. Um, for me, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it, maybe it's going to do something for you because I do believe the placebo, like, I love a placebo effect. Give it to me. There's no mm-hmm. harm in that, but it's not going to. If you want to try it, try it, but don't expect something to happen. Every person, every human has a different sort of genetic makeup. We all metabolize differently. We all have different little, like like Henry Zabrowski, little gremlins in our brains, you know, who want to play or don't, or it gets too crazy. And so we already see how that plays out with alcohol in bars and the idea of like alcoholism. And you're like, wow, this one person's totally cool. They're 10 drinks deep, but they're not a problem. And here's, you know, this guy over here who's like angry after two beers or whatever. And so the version of being in a public space where you've got all the different liquids mixing where people might be drinking, you know, bourbon and then this other tables like downing either CBD or weed drinks, that I think is also maybe what scares me. And if you also have bartenders, are they getting the mixology correct? Are yeah. they accidentally maybe way their ov- overdosing customers? you? How does, do you know offhand, how how does, uh, do bars get tinctures? Usually, yes. And then, it's a tincture okay. because you have to be able to get like the oil to mix with the liquid. Okay. You have to be able to get it to blend. So it is typically a tincture, correct? Yeah. Which I'm also just a huge fan of in general. Yeah, Like I sure. love a tincture. Me too. Yeah. Um, it, whether or not there's CBD in it or not, just put tinctures in my drinks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but so right. Also, you know, a great name for a bar: tinctures. Tincture. Would hang there. Can I get one mop water at this bar called Tincture? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so let's talk about because 
you know, I think it's just a matter of time, you know, and we'll get to the first like weed cafe in the U S that just opened up here in Los Angeles in a minute. But let's talk about like where it kind of all began like this, which is Amsterdam, you know, or the Netherlands generally where like in the swinging sixties, everybody was into hashish and weed and the government saw it, um, said, okay, how do we get this to a point where we can normalize it? And we don't have everybody out like being crazy on the street. So they opened up these coffee shops where it's legal to go in and buy small doses of marijuana and hashish, smoke it there and fucking trip out and like sleep there, get wasted, eat your space cake, sit in a coffee shop for hours and not be out on the street roaming around. Mm -hmm. So it was essentially like a safe space, like like an opium den for weed. And you still don't finish your screenplay. Yeah. Just like (laughs) anywhere else. (laughs) So you're going in, you're like, you're getting through security, you're in the dispensary, you're like, what do I do? Where do I go from here? And then you have these like lovely people working there that are helping to guide your experience on like what kind of buzz you want, what kind of product you're looking for, right? Yeah. Um, And those are called bud tenders, which is, which is, which is fun, which is great. Can I say something about that though? Yo, I'm a suspicious motherfucker. (laughs) I mean, like, no, let me frame it a different way. If you don't have experience with any kind of cannabis, anything, definitely educate yourself before you go in there, because I'm just going to be straight up like a lot of bud tenders know their shit and they love weed and they they have a way higher tolerance uh Uh-huh. and they know everything. And other ones, it's like, I... I need a job and they're a great personable, wonderful customer service kind of a person, but you're giving somebody something that they are then ingesting and hoping to like make a part of their possibly daily routine. And a lot of people don't know shit that work there as well. I will say in the thing about the bud tenders too, like you were saying, Mike, is that like there's, it's like a supply and demand situation. All these dispensaries, because like weeds being legalized all over the place, there's all these jobs being created for these positions and these bud tender positions are paying between 10 and $16 an hour. So we're talking someone who's working full time, you know, in the weed, in a weed factory, essentially making like $32,000 a year. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like, and here's, here's what we're getting at. Some dispensaries I've been to have tip jars and some don't. You know, I did a little reading up and I think it's like state to state. I don't know if it's technically legal, but it's it's there. And I think it's happening where you can actually you're being allowed to tip your bud tender now. Good. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, I do. But I think it's more important that like I don't know what anybody's like financial situation is. Mm-hmm. So, yo, if you can do it, mm-hmm. the, the economy that we live in is a piece of shit. And we're supposed to only like we're supposed to help each other like those people in Waffle House are supposed mm-hmm. to. It's expected. It's up and, to us. And like, it's up to us. Mm-hmm. So if you can do it, yo, I'm all about it. And also on the flip side of that, just like when I was bartending, you give me a dope tip and I'm gonna be like, yo, here is like extra of anything I can do for you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love going to a festival in Vegas and ordering two double Tito's with club soda. 
and then being like, I'll just give you $20 in your tip jar. Don't ring this shit up. Like you can either get $4 from me and the company can get 30 or I'll just give you a 20 and come back to you all fucking night. <laughs> and like, you know, like, and I love that because do the same thing at a dispensary. How direct and amazing. Well, see, I think this direct approach has started to pay off for Mike, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So tip your, if you can tip your bud tender, because I think on the flip side, hopefully they'll take care of you. Wow. I really want to talk about you guys. I want to talk about Lowell Cafe. So Lowell Cafe is the first ever like weed food cafe in the United States. And it's open. Uh, it opened at the first of October in West Hollywood here in Los Angeles. Um, so Lowell is a weed company. I fucking love their product. Hell yes. Their, it, their strains are so good. They come in these, like there's like little hand rolled joints that come in a cute little box with like little matches. Oh, They're these great are the ones gifts. I want. <coughs> and I just think their product is fantastic. Like it just says on the like the box, like exactly what kind of high you're gonna get in like a very simple way. I fucking love joints. I have to say, I like tried yeah, all the pens, great. all the vapes. Kind of did this, and I was like, the pens will get me into a bad place sometimes if totally. I don't have a measured dose. Because I tried dosist, but I use it for a whole long. But like you use like calm or sleep or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. but then to go back to a joint when you're like, I'm gonna take a puff or two, and even if I overdo it, it's gonna work its way out in about 15 minutes. So they do not serve food laced with weed at okay. Lowell's because that is completely unregulated and highly illegal still, I think yeah. um, for now. But what they do do is you do get a bud tender or more of a sommelier who comes to your table, asks what kind of high and experience have you been yet? Um, I'm going next week. Mary Jane. Oh, cool. Just wrote about it for Rolling Stone. Awesome. I assume. So, um, so they ask you what kind of experience you would like to have. Um, they bring over a strain. You're allowed to smoke in this space, which for LA is huge. They have a giant HVAC system. So it just sucks all the smoke out. And then they have, you can fit like nine dicks in there too. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it's a, it, you can order food. So and the menu's like very like salads, sandwiches. I think there's like some fun wings. There's probably like I think there's like mac and cheese, like deep fried, fun desserts, milkshakes, and no alcohol, but kind of fun drinks. They do have edibles, but the edibles, because again of regulations, cannot be prepared on site. They have to come in from separate vendors. And I think because like everything's much more regulated, and probably if you OD on the edible or get real fucked up, like there's a little bit like well, we didn't make it, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to the cafe rules. And there's another problem with edibles right now, too, where they all have to be individually packaged. So that would be insane. Like the amount of trash and waste that would create if you ordered, like, let's say the cheese was infused and you had like a hundred cheeseburgers that night. That means you're individually mm. wrapping. All, like it's a We don't like that on this podcast. Yeah, we don't like waste in the industry for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's insane. God, the rules are so crazy nobody knows what they're doing so at the same time you cannot be rung up on the same check for your food and your herb those have to be separate transactions um it's a bright beautiful airy space that's like supposed to be like super you know inviting for you no reason to freak out in a corner at all <laughs> but here, here's here's the problem is like um they're super busy and so what i read is during peak times you're only allowed to be in there for 90 minutes and some of us know who do edibles who enjoy it it takes 90 minutes for your edibles just to kick in so what we're saying is take one of your own edibles before you go mm -hmm. <laughs> go enjoy the space pre-party yeah it's just like an open air community where people can be high together and and shove food in their faces, which I think is cool. It is very much like the model of the coffee shop in Amsterdam. Um, 
and I wonder where it will go from here. Yeah. I don't, what do you think? Well, so, I mean, the whole, like, so the dawn of, so now, you know, in California, you know, because we're always, like, on the forefront of doing the restaurant and now the hotel, which they're trying to do a whole chain of hotels. Like a weed hotel? Yeah, weed hotels in Coachella Valley. It's being called the Green Rush, you know, now here in California. So the gold rush, you all get it, right? (laughs) And, well, also the standard Hollywood was um, working toward being one of the first uh, hotels with a dispensary in it, doing a lot of, um, you know, probably CBD-infused cocktails, which is a little bit different. But now there are these entire experiences where your hotel stay... And probably the way, like, all, like, the pool, the lounge, the lobby, everything is, I'm going to guess, is going to be designed to just enhance and elevate having, like, a completely stoned uh, weekend and stay. Um, Well, first of all, you know, this is California, and any state where recreation is legalized, I feel like I don't smell it as much as I did when I first moved here. But when I first moved to LA, I was like, the whole city smells like weed. Yeah. (laughs) I live on Fairfax and Uh, it's just cool sneakers and blunts as far as the eye can see. So, you know, the thing is, is like the, it's cool to like legalize and regulate because they're going to make money hand over fist because they're the ones providing and selling the product to their guests. But like everybody just fucking smokes weed wherever they want, no matter what, like, you know, except for inside specifically, because you cannot do that. But I feel like it's already happening. So like, God, it's interesting to see everybody fucking banking on this. Yeah. I. How mm, big is the industry? You know, like the billions of dollars, like industry. Are you aware of the yeah, number? It's huge. It's like, it's like, uh, it, it's the biggest thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like, you know, when like people were like, well, let's invent Google. Right. Like, it's, this is bigger. It's, it's, it's big. I mean, yeah. cause you're on your show. I assume you're talking to like entrepreneurs, people who are like, like the, the front runners. Absolutely. It, yeah. Well, we had Lil farms on, we had a, on, we do spotlight series where we talk with industry leaders, like Titans as they're being described. And, uh, everybody who is in the know is like, yep, get in right now. And just like hang on as tight as you can because, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better and then it's going to get amazing. Like it's all over the map. But if you can like make it through, there's like such great opportunity to make real money and do whatever you want with that money. I'm just trying to like look at this now from like a server perspective, Mm -hmm. like getting back into the serving game even at at like a at an edible or a cannabis sort of a bar or restaurant and I'm already laughing and thinking out loud like what are your steps of service (laughs) as a waiter bartender like you know because now these are all just like one-stop substance abuse shops just in general and it's like so you are gonna have to deal I mean I like that it's like the cannabis is gonna be um, contained without alcohol because I do think that's another crossing streams of two different types of personalities and voyages you're taking with whatever you're imbibing and you've got high energy screaming maybe even violent versus the table that's just like in outer space and you're like hey i do need you to decide on a menu item exactly i'm sorry it's taking you so long because there's so much good stuff in your high but like please pick something to order please please please, please, table 17 (laughs) exactly and so i'm like is it i'm imagining going forward like is it probably just like pay your check up front because you're stoned and you're going to wander off. Like, 
like there's probably got to be autograt on the part just because people are like, people how are gonna, do we split the bill? People are going to go crazy, you know, yeah. and, and a thing like the Wool Cafe is going to, they're going to have people who come in and they're like, I'm going to get really fucked up because I don't do this all the time, but it's novelty. And so, and I'm like, my poor server is going to have to deal with me. Yeah. I get it though. I've gone fucking nuts because I'm excited about stuff. Let's let's just be clear. This is California and multiple other states that are catching up. Like anyone can go anywhere and be too high on something, whether you're at a restaurant that's not cannabis, you know, yeah. focused or not. And as a waiter, you might be like, oh my God, my old roommate and good friend Jason Sines, like he passed out at a restaurant because he got a little too high. They went in, something happened where it was just overwhelming and, you know, sure. and like, boom, like hit the floor. And as a waiter, you see that here where you're like, oh, this person is out of their mind on edibles right now. But I've done that on scotch. Sure. Right. You know I what mean, I mean? Like I've gotten so drunk on scotch and then my meal didn't come fast enough and I'm not ever going to go to that restaurant yeah. again Well, because right. exactly. I made an ass exactly. of myself. And I think with these two, it's like you still have to remember that you still have to be like a responsible adult like at the end of the day and not and just keep trying to keep your cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like I've never seen a fight break out, well, because people were too stoned. Yeah. I've seen people too high and they were like, I need to go home and go to sleep right. and wake up tomorrow because yeah. a nap is the best way to handle that. But like it's I would much rather go to a place than like Lowell Cafe than I would. Um, what's some shitty club that smells like Hilfiger? Uh <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Some, one of those. You know I mean, yeah. The whiskey, a go go. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Exactly. A place I prefer to not go. I would also say that it's kind of the server's job to, yes, you want to do good customer service, and maybe I'll learn more when I do go to Lowell, but like, yes, you want them to have the best experience they can, mm -hmm. but also go low and slow. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe there are limitations, you and know? they say, we really suggest that you only imbibe this way or yeah. like only take two hits yeah. yeah exactly and i'm sure i would hope that there's a little bit more regulation like that and they're only allowed to have like purchase a certain amount unless there's a gift shop and they are are they a dispensary at the same time like can you take i think they sell like enemas and low, stuff like cool. cbd enemas oh, okay. enemas yeah no i'm reading wait the, up your butt <laughs> I heard that. i'm just not acknowledging it um oh brooke I know, it's, it's okay it's okay uh, i heard you um no, it's it's saying that you can absolutely uh, go in and there's like a little dispensary store if you want to also take stuff on the way out. Lola yeah. products, you know. Yeah. Et cetera, I mean, there's suppositories. There's, there's, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Foria has For some great ones. Yeah. And Quim, pretty great. Interesting. Uh, can I shout out Quim? When it, we Please, were talking about whatever. like Whoopi and Maya and like periods and stuff. Mm -hmm. Quim, Q-U-I-M, uh, an amazing, amazing product and uh, people. Yeah, I just want to shout them out because they're like that. really yeah. changing the world. I'm always looking for fun new. I'll probably just be like, what do I get, Mike? Tell me. If anyone ever wants to know. Yes, like, let's this go to. Kind of, I kind of like live for trying to help people find what works for them. It feels really good. Nice. You're like a little weed guru. Sure. Great. I love it. Woo-woo. A woo-woo. A woo-woo. <laughs> Uh, so when it comes to like if we're going to cross over and start putting like actual THC in food in restaurants it's like that's like my worst fucking nightmare like I'll watch Bong Appetit and I'll just be like afraid for everybody really yeah <laughs> oh well it depends then edibles aren't for no, you no 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 so it's like yeah. they are not for me and, and and great for people that they love it and they feel like nice and cushy and calm but no it's just the way that my body is and the chemical makeup like I do not have a good time yeah and for medical users 
users, like people who need it medicinally, it's a great Absolutely. way. So like on Pain the edible control, tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not having to be on like chemicals mm-hmm. or opiates mm-hmm. or something you can become addicted to. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I would just say as a server and as a restaurateur at a cannabis uh, cafe and experience, you would probably, you might want to suggest like, you know, there used to be like the smoking and non-smoking section. You're like, can I be seated in the freak out section <laughs> where we'll have servers who are ready to equip you with comfort it hugs, like a daycare center holding right? your head you know maybe like if do you need to lie down go ahead and lie down andrea like like let's you know can i bring you a cold towel oh i thought you meant and, freak out i was like yo nobody's running around going ah, no not like that like, but no like andrea, that's andrea like freak out of just getting in her head and getting too high and oh you know. like in woodstock where they had like the tent where they would like bring people who are too high in lsd and they'd like talk him down exactly you kind of have like that ayahuasca shaman sort of section where the waiters are like i'm also an emt nothing to be scared of this is a lot to ask of a restaurant (laughs) is all i'm saying but if if it paid well and you banked really well with tips and an hourly how fun but i think that's not the server's responsibility it is because it's if you want to experience this and i think everyone should try it if they want but it's your job to start small and Mm -hmm. realize you're a human and that and when people do too big too fast it fucking ruins a lot of headway we're making in it for everyone else marijuana smells good so here's a tip low and slow Mm -hmm. wait 45 minutes Mm -hmm. see where you're at go from there here's another tip (laughs) homegrown if you can grow your own plant and it's legal grow it because then you know exactly what's going into mm-hmm. it and you know exactly what you're doing. And then you become even more educated for the long run. And that also means you're not spending $100 on an eighth for something that might not work for you. Here's another tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That's it. Oh, Great. Uh, don't. Here's a tip. Brooke hates CBD enema jokes. They don't <laughs> go over well. And she will not respond the way that you were hoping. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I was just like, I can't even. This is the first I've heard of it. Just take it all in, Brooke. Just hold it, that joke for as long as you can. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, it, makes, it makes me think of butt chugging. Uh-huh. It makes me think of vodka tampons. Uh-huh. Oh. Got it. Got it. Okay. But they do make the suppositories for cramps. No, that, no that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Haven't oh, tried one yet. Here's one more tip. Okay. Um... If you want to get involved in the cannabis industry, I do. At I'm all, writing this down. Um, you can always ask like Mary Jane and I questions, but I would also say there's a lot of great charities out there that even if you are just looking for a place to give some money, there's a lot of places that help people in prison get out of prison or get jobs, and you can make a big difference with just a little bit of cash. So that's more of a tip to like make the world a better place. Awesome. Hey, Mike, where can we listen to Weed and Grub? Uh, go to Weed and Grub on Instagram. It's at Weed and Grub. And you can listen to it everywhere you get pods. We just had Portugal the Man on, which oh, is cool. an awesome Dope. fucking band. And yeah, so we talk a lot about weed, but also we have some really cool interviews just like y'all do. So check it out anywhere you want. Awesome. Thanks for being Thank you, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Guys, thanks for listening to Sidework Podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review. That's how we feel validated. 